Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. The AgCast has traveled down to Mobile for our Farm and Land Expo, and we pulled one of our expert speakers in to have a, a discussion about a very interesting topic. Dr. Michael Taylor, assistant professor and alpha eminent scholar at Auburn University, is visiting with us today. Dr. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well, and I appreciate getting the opportunity to be here with you today. Well, we are so glad to have you here, and your name is Michael, M-Y-K-E-L. Yes. Uh, that that's a very inter- that's a, a family name or was it? Oh, it's just my mother being creative. Okay, can I call you Michael? Yes. Okay. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up at Auburn University? So it's a little bit of a convoluted story, but um, if you'll notice, I don't have an Alabama accent, so I am not yeah. from here. Yes. So I am actually originally from Montana, and I grew up on a cow calf operation in South Central Montana, and um, was a kid through the eighties and the farm crisis and was fairly well convinced that after working on on a on a on a working ranch and baling hay and helping feed cows that I was not going to have anything to do with agriculture as a profession. (laughs) Um, That changed when I went to college and I took my first agricultural economics class and I just kind of fell in love. So I went to school at Montana State and went there for both my undergraduate and for my master's degree, Um, met my husband, and then we decided to move down to Kansas State University because I had a job offer there and it was an opportunity to see agriculture in the Midwest and we thought that would be kind of cool. The whole time thinking we would eventually end up back in Montana but that's not always how life works Um, and so what I discovered was that I was working in an extension and I really enjoyed working with producers and and doing doing things out in the field and talking about economics with people and so I I needed to get my PhD. Um, So we went on to North Carolina State University in Raleigh and we were there for four years and my first job uh, was at Washington State University so we packed up and moved all the way across the country um, wow. We didn't have much, so that made it easier. But, um, <laughs> light packing. Yeah, light packing. Um, ended up in Pullman for three years. And then the opportunity to move back to Kansas came up, and it was a good one. So so we decided to move back to Kansas. We really enjoyed the people in Kansas. Um, and it was a strong ag school that had a strong base. And my appointments uh, in both Washington and in Kansas were in extension. So my job was to work with producers and lenders and policymakers to decide discuss issues related to farm management and land markets. Um, And I did a lot with um, rental markets, so looking at landowner-tenant negotiations. And then um, in the middle of COVID, Auburn called, and they had this opportunity to come down here and move into the classroom. And some professors... You had not had classroom I had not had classroom experience. I had done lots of education with farmers out in the field, but no classroom experience. And I really thought, you know, this is a great opportunity to bring that field experience into the classroom and to be able to say to students, okay, here's the farm management textbook, 
but farmers don't always follow the textbook <laughs> and you know and and give them that that real world context and so I thought this was a great opportunity and um, I have three kids and so we bundled everybody up and moved down here about two and a half years ago the packing took a bit longer the packing took longer this time <laughs> yes absolutely um, and we moved down and um, have just really enjoyed our time here and really enjoyed getting to know people. My kids are thriving and um, and I am enjoying being in the classroom. Um, it is very gratifying to work with Auburn students. Um, they just, they are, they're a tremendous bunch. Wonderful. Well, I know I can speak for uh, students and uh, the faculty. We're glad to have you here and, and hope that it continues to go well with you. Now we have to pivot to a subject that's exciting in some ways, but it's not as happy to talk about in in current state, uh, and that's uh, ag economics. Everyone knows that the interest rates continue to climb and uh, farm income becomes uh, more stressful because input costs are continuing to rise, uh, and so there's so many challenges out there. You came to Mobile uh, for our Farm and Land Expo uh, to discuss ag economics, so uh, just can you give us a, just a general overview of the economic climate that we're facing these days? Well, I think it's pretty easy to, to get a little down on where we're at, um, but we have to put it into, into a bit of context. So everything you said is true. Interest rates are rising. Um, they are on operating notes for producers, we're anywhere between seven and nine percent. You know, and and up until last year, we had been around like three to four percent. So that was a big jump, um, and and that does alter people's perception of you know how much I want to borrow and you know how I want to manage my money. And it, it should, right? It's, it's a it's a change in the price of money. Uh, and so when prices change, people's behavior changes. Um, so yes, we're looking at interest rates. We're looking at what that does to people's um, decisions about how to borrow and, and the cost of borrowing. Um, you know, we're looking at commodity prices and, and um, cattle are doing well, but crops have come down a bit. Uh, input prices haven't necessarily backed off. Um, but we are in a period where there's just a lot of volatility. So a lot of changes going on. And when there's a lot of change going on, you have opportunities. And you have opportunities to see that change as both um, uh, it, it can be negative, but it can also be positive. And if you're pos well positioned, you can take advantage of some of those changes. Um, and by that, I mean just things like, let's take the land market, for example. It hasn't really backed off, even with the increase in interest rates. And um, one of the explanations for that is just simply that farmers are long range planners, right? They don't look at what, they don't make purchases of land with just this year's forecast for income in mind. They look at it with a 20 to 30 year horizon in mind. In fact, most producers, when they buy land, they have no intention of ever getting That's rid right. of it. <laughs> so it's it's more about how it fits into their operation. Um, but you have this opportunity to, you know, kind of see land as an investment and a way to expand your operation and a way to, you know, maybe pivot what you're growing or thinking about, you know, how many head of cattle you're running and whether or not you want to expand that um, herd or something like that. And so it's just making business decisions with sort of the bigger context in mind. My name is Ashley Merritt, and I'm the relationship manager in our enterprise branch. One thing I love about working with Alabama Credit is I think now in the year 
2023, people are really looking for a certain way of life. And I feel like for that, you really need a partner that can see your vision and work with you through it and offer certain products that we are known for offering. A family that I'm working with currently, it's been so nice to see how their journey and dreams have progressed. We started off by financing their first piece of land. Uh, they came back and did a cattle loan with us. We've done a lot of credit for their farming operation and now they are finally deciding that, hey, this is where I want my forever home to be. So through our rural home construction product, we can also offer that service to them as well. If you'd like to find out more information on any of these products, please visit and contact your local lender and go to alabamaagcredit.com or call 334-270-8687. Farmers are always dealing with aspects of urban encroachment or expansion of cities and this kind of thing, and that absolutely affects property values and also farm operations in, in some ways. What are some ways that farmers can kind of look at this in a longer term? Sure. So the idea of urban encroachment is is an interesting one and one that I that I think about quite a bit, which is that um, you know from a from an economic standpoint, you say, oh well, your land is becoming more valuable, right? You should be happy, but they're not because what it means is that they can't expand their operation like they wanted to, or they have to expand in a different direction or go to a different area, and so you have this farm and they're unable to expand, so they they're really forced to either, you know, change their operation pretty dramatically, like becoming a, a direct consumer marketer, or they're going to sell that land, and then they're going to have to move. Well, farmers are very tied into their communities, and so you up and move someplace where you don't know everybody, and it it's not a it's not an appealing aspect to do. But what is happening is we do see land selling in Madison and Limestone counties. And then you think it doesn't matter for, say, West Central Alabama, but it does because some of that money on 1031 exchanges is coming down and they're bidding up the price of land in more rural areas. And so that urban encroachment is is having an impact on not only the, the farms right around the, the cities, but also in areas where that money from selling the land is re being reinvested. Mm -hmm. uh, but what farmers can do, you know, that's is always, of course, up to the individual farm. But they really have to think about their transition plan, and they have to think about that next generation of of their family farm and what they want to do and how they want to do it. And and to be perfectly honest, need to bring in those next generations into that decision making probably a little sooner than they would have otherwise. Um, farm family dynamics are interesting, right? You know, you've got grandpa and and mom and dad and then you know daughter and son and how do you how and when do you bring daughter and son into those long-term strategic decision mm -hmm. you know processes and um, I really think that we need to if if you are in a situation where you've got that urban encroachment and you're you're trying to figure out what to do with your farm and what it's going to look like in 30 years you need to bring everybody around the table and sit down and say what are your goals you know what what how do you want to be farming in 30 years and where do you want to be farming in 30 years and you know can we make it work here or do we need to go do we need to relocate you know and and so I just encourage people to have those family conversations sooner rather than later because guessing as to what the younger generation wants to do you may guess wrong 
Right. And we've heard stories uh, about families that are really just blown up when a succession plan is not really put in place. And then you you bring family and it comes into lawyers and, and yeah, and it's very stuff. stressful. Uh, it's very so stressful. That's, that's a, a good note. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I have I have a lot of students in my senior farm management class, and we talk about succession planning uh, a little bit. And they are always very interested. They want to go home and they want to talk to you know the their de- their parents and their grandparents. And and they say, well, sometimes they don't want to because this is about them dying, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be about that. It just needs to be about the future of the farm, and we need to talk about it like it's the future of the farm and what's it going to look like, you know, past my generation and past your generation, and you know, and how are we going to keep this in the family and keep it going because it's a business enterprise that's living and and can grow and can move and transition. It's about continuing the family legacy, I think, more than Absolutely. Sure. As we uh, kind of pivot back to ag economics, what are some other aspects that are really impacting the economics of agriculture? Sure. So when we look at um, interest rates are tied to trade. Um, and I'm not a trade economist, so I'm not going to go real deep on this topic, but um, which you know you can be thankful for. <laughs> um, but what we do know is that when interest rates go up, that strengthens the dollar. And what it basically means is that it attracts foreign foreign money. And right. so the dollar is stronger, and that makes our goods more expensive. And you know the example I gave today during our talk was if our dollar appreciates more than the Brazilian currency, it makes our soybeans more expensive to someone like China than buying it out of Brazil. And and there's always other factors like the supply of soybeans in those two respective countries and, you know, and the demand from China and trade agreements and things like that. But uh, you really have to think about the strength of the dollar and whether or not that's going to affect potentially adversely affect um, our ability to sell on those international markets. And so we, we look at interest rates twofold. We look at how they affect our, you know, day-to-day borrowing and, and, and you know, financing of different purchases. And then we also have to keep in mind that it affects trade. Mm-hmm. As we kind of uh, wrap up, you have a lot of perspective uh, from all over the country. What gives you hope for the future for agriculture? Probably the students that I interact with every day at Auburn um, and their enthusiasm and their hope and excitement and, and forward the forward-looking way in which they approach. They are excited about agriculture and they look at the fact that, you know, everybody has to eat and populations are rising and, you know, wealth is rising in many countries around the world, which means that the ability of, say, India to buy our products is expanding because of their wealth is, is going up. And as long as we, you know, there will always be craziness in the geopolitical world um, that we will have to deal with that will affect how agriculture ebbs and flows. But the overall sense is that is that things are, are moving in the right direction and that agriculture is an essential part of our economy and it's an essential part of everyday life. And I think those students realize that. Um, I do a, a, a talk occasionally um, just to give them a job outlook. And so Purdue um, published a, a study with USDA that looks at the job market for agricultural jobs. And in the ag business, ag econ world, we're only going to fill about two-thirds of those jobs with people who have ag degrees. And the other one-third is going to come from just straight-up business majors and and non-ag 
degrees. So you can get a degree in agriculture and I can guarantee you're going to get a job. And that's that's a good thing, mm-hmm. right? And and it means we've got fewer students coming off the farm because the farm communities are are getting smaller. Um, but we are attracting students with less farm background, and we're training them. And we have to be open to the fact that they that they're interested in agriculture. So we need to embrace that and and help them and and teach them and put them in internships and say, okay, you may not have come from a farm, but we can teach you what you need to know as long as you're enthusiastic about doing it. And so, um, you know, I I see that every day and I, that's inspiring. Wow. Well, uh, I know we are continuously talking about cultivating the next generation and we have programs, our young farmers program. We really do have to uh, develop our young farmers, our next generation. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to continue to cultivate that and to develop that. So, yeah. uh, well, Michael, thank you so much for being here today. Michael to Michael. Yes. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. I've enjoyed the conversation. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast. AgCast.